Welcome to the Amanda Rollard Show, where we work together to support abundant living in all areas of your life, body, mind, family, finances, and community. Come join us and get your salt back. Welcome everybody to the Amanda Rollert Show. I am so glad that you chose to join me for another episode of Salt Talks, where we support abundant living today in five areas of our life in our mind, our body, our families, our finances, and in our communities. And there is so much salt that we want to stir up today. But I kind of was thinking about, you know, this is the last week of June 2022. And really, we're about to celebrate July 4th and Independence Day and what all that means. And I just had this topic burning in my heart that I wanted to share with you. And it actually started back when I was coaching and teaching U.S. history. So join me for this episode of the Amanda Rollert Show, where we talk salt, and we're going to explore the Star-Spangled Banner. Hey, everybody. So glad that you decided to tune in and join me for this week's episode of the Amanda Rollert Show. As I said, kind of in the intro, I had this thought just burning deep in my heart, kind of wanted to talk about it as we are fast approaching July 4th in America. We celebrate Independence Day. And as I've shared earlier, various points in you know my podcast, I was a teacher and my passion, my absolute passion is history. And I loved teaching U.S. history. And typically in, you know, in the school system, U.S. history, which is United States history, is really taught as a junior, an 11th grader. And I would have such a blast teaching U.S. history, you know, to my kiddos. And while I was teaching in the high schools, I was also coaching, coaching volleyball, another passion of mine. And one of the things that struck me and I couldn't believe it actually, it was jaw dropping when I realized it was how many of my students, my 11th grader, so we're talking 16 and 17 year olds, did not know the words to the Star Spangled Banner. I couldn't believe it. This is our national anthem. And I just was so puzzled by it. And it was such a passion of mine that I made it a part of my U.S. history course. It was one of the first things we ever did was learn the words to the Star Spangled Banner. And as I was coaching, I remember, well, maybe I should take this back a notch. And and mind you, I'm going to have a point. I'm going to tell a story. We're going to get there. But I just want to give you a little history as to when I remember being first just overwhelmed to the point of tears, just listening to the words of the Star Spangled Banner is when I used to love to watch the Olympics. It didn't matter if it was the winter Olympics or the summer Olympics. Growing up as a little girl, I just remember just placing so much awe on the Olympics for one, but any time that somebody from the United States won the gold medal, well, they're the ones that stood, you know, in the center of the podium and they would play the Star Spangled Banner and the flags of first, second, and third would rise up very high from this point from the ground and they the three flags would rise and it would be the gold medalist's flag that national anthem would be played. And I remember watching the faces of the athletes and just being enamored by 
that they were singing the words with tears in their eyes and their hand placed beautifully over their heart. And I remember just thinking, oh my gosh, there's so much pride in America. And I thought, this is definitely something that that moves me. And I remember, you know, early on just devouring the words to the Star Spangled Banner and having pride of country. Of course, as you you learn the history and you learn, you know, what led us to independence from Great Britain and the war, you know, of course, the American Revolution that separated us and we fought for, but that's not where the Star Spangled Banner came from. Interestingly enough, there's all this history there of our American Revolution and independence. And then along came the War of 1812. I'm not going to get into the history of the War of 1812, but nonetheless, America declared war on Great Britain again. Oh, it was it was over a series of, I think, trade disagreements. I think we declared war in June of 1812, and they, they called this the War of 1812. Well, in August of 1814, so in other words, they'd been fighting back and forth for two years, the British troops invaded Washington, D.C. and burned the White House, the Capitol building, and the Library of Congress, I believe. I mean, that's like a direct hit, right? <laughs> the White House, we know that's where the president lives. You know, Congress, that's a direct hit on, you know, us and who we are as a, a nation and you know, our laws and legislating and so forth. And Great Britain's next stop was Baltimore, and they actually wanted to take Fort McHenry. And if they could take that fort, it would be over. You know, war ended, you know, Great Britain, you know, wins. So I wanted to lay the foundation of kind of what was happening in history when the Star-Spangled Banner was written. So if we want to kind of remember what was going on at that time, there was a very well-respected doctor. His name was Dr. William Beans, and he was a civilian. He was well-respected by the British troops as well because he had actually done a lot of good work and saved the lives of British soldiers and everything. Anyway, he ended up being captured. He was captured and he was taken out onto one of the British warships out in the bay uh, right off the shores of where Fort McHenry was you know, on shore. And he and a lot of other prisoners were out there in the ships. Well, there was a gentleman by the name of Francis Scott Key, who happened to be a friend of Dr. William Beans. And he wanted to help negotiate for the release of Dr. William Beans. So he and some others made their way out to the British ships And while they were out there, they did their negotiating, if you will, and they actually negotiated for the release of Dr. Beans. But in the course of the negotiations and in the course of being out there in the bay where the warships were, uh, they happened to overhear the British's decision and strategy for bombing Fort McHenry. While the negotiation for the release of Dr. Beans was going to be honored, they would not let Francis Scott Key, nor Dr. Beans, nor any other prisoners go from the ship until after they would bomb Fort McHenry because they didn't want them to be released and they would go to, you know, Fort McHenry and tell them, you know, what the British was planning on doing. So this was in September now of 1814. And so all the while, Francis Scott Key, Dr. Beans and several others, they knew 
what was going to happen, what was about to happen, but they couldn't do anything about it. They just had to wait and hope and pray that America, our troops, our soldiers could defend Fort McHenry. I mean, the British had already burned down the White House, had already burned down Congress, had already burned down the Library of Congress. All they had left to do was take Fort McHenry and boom, done. We'd have had a certainly different present day life. So in mid-September, well, Francis Scott Key and Dr. Beans and many other prisoners were out in the bay. They knew the bombing was about to take place. They knew the, the bombardment was about to start and all they could do, they could see from their warship, they could see from the ships, Fort McHenry. They could see this ginormous fort. They could see the wall that surrounded it, protected it, defended it, and they could see the American flag flying squarely, tall, majestic behind the walls of the fort. The bombing began and it was treacherous. The whole weight, depth, and breadth of the British warships were focused squarely on Fort McHenry and all the people that were behind the defensive walls that surrounded the fort. The warring, the bombing was unbelievable. If you can only imagine the smoke, the fire, what was happening with crash and blast after blast, and all Dr. Beans and Francis Scott Key was thinking, I can't see what's happening. I don't know if we're able to hold off the British. The smoke is so thick, we cannot see what's going on. And this was, you know, towards the evening, all they could see was blast after blast after blast after bomb from the British warships. And the fierce bombing went on through dusk. The night sky turned black, except the sky was lit with the bombs, with the fire, but they couldn't see. And all along, all they were doing, there was men on the boat, Francis Scott Key and Dr. William Beans, and they were just praying, don't let the flag go down. Because the British had sent them word, all you have to do is lower the flag. When we don't see the flag flying, we'll stop and it'll be done. And America will go back into the hands of the British. And all Francis Scott Key could think of is, is the flag still there? Is it still flying behind the walls of the fort? I can't see. There's too much smoke. There's too much fire. The bombs are bursting. But every now and then, because of the bombs that were lighting up the night sky, they could get a glimpse of the flag. And they're like, it's still flying. It's still there. We are still a country. We are still free. It was relentless. The loud blasts, bombs, smoke, fire went on through the night and went on through the night. And all the men could do was pray. And they would ask, is it still there? 
Is the flag still there? Is it still flying? Are we still free? This incredible battle went on through the night. And just as the dawn was breaking, there was so much smoke in the air and a deep fog had set in on the bay. And Francis Scott Key kept looking back towards Fort McHenry. And he said, I can't see it. I can't see it. I cannot see our flag. The smoke is too much. The fog is too thick. Is it still there? Is it still there? And the prayers continued. And just as the dawn was breaking and the fog and the smoke was so thick, began to part, it began to lift. And they peered. Their eyes were just so fixated on the fort. And is the flag still there? And they couldn't see it. It was still too much fog. But as the morning began to break and the fog began to lift and the smoke began to clear, there it stood. Our beautiful, beautiful American flag was still flying behind the ramparts, behind the defensive walls of Fort McHenry. And tears, tears burst from the eyes of Francis Cockey. He was overwhelmed with emotion. He was overwhelmed that the flag was still there. It was still flying. Somehow, miraculously, through the barrage of the best that the British naval ships had to offer, the soldiers behind Fort McHenry kept that flag flying. The British had given up. They quit, overwhelmed with emotion, overwhelmed with what he was feeling. Francis Scott Key pulled out pen and paper and began to write down what was in his heart, what was in his mind, what he was feeling at the time that these emotions were running wild with such gratitude and such love and such patriotism that he just couldn't stop the words from overflowing. And it was then that the Star Spangled Banner was born. And as I read the words, as I think about the words, I hope that they have an impact on you that they had on me when I first heard this story. And when I looked at the words again, and Francis Scott Key was so overwhelmed and so moved to the point that he said, oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light? So can you see this morning what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming? So we saw it last night, but at, the, at this dawn's early, earliest light, can we see it? Is it there? Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming. Those words were so impactful. He said they saw those broad stripes and the bright stars of the flag, the glorious flag through that perilous fighting sky over the ramparts. So over those defensive walls, 
He said, we saw them. They were flying at night. They were so gallantly streaming in the night sky. And the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air, those bombs and those rockets gave proof through the night that our flag was still there because of the bombs, because of the bursts of red glare in the sky. They could see, just like the fireworks light up a night sky, those rockets lit up the night sky and they could see during the night that the flag was still flying. So they knew they were still free. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave or the land of the free and the home of the brave? Was it still there? He was wondering. He had seen it in the night sky and he wondered by the dawn's early light what I so proudly saw last night, is it still there? And it was. I don't think I ever had the same feeling from that moment on that I really understood the story behind the Star Spangled Banner. And I think that's why when I taught my 11th graders and when I coached my athletes, I asked them every time, to stand and put their hand over their heart and look at that flag and sing, sing the national anthem as they've never sung it before and hear the words, feel the words, understand what those patriots must have been going through fighting for freedom, understanding what a group of men who could not help and all they could do was pray and watch and hope that that flag was still there. Oh, say, can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming? Whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight or the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare, the bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say, does that star-spangled banner yet wave? or the land of the free and the home of the brave. My friends, that flag still waves for you and for me. And its meaning is still there, multiplied over the years and sometimes often forgotten. Join me, won't you, in resurrecting that love of country that love of understanding what Francis Scott Key felt at that moment when the skies parted and the fog lifted and he could see our beautiful, beautiful flag flying free over the home of the brave. Thanks for joining me for this memory as we prepare 
to celebrate July 4th and Independence Day and how grateful that I feel to live in the best place that I possibly could, where opportunity is still there for you and for me, where there is so much to love over the land of the free and the home of the brave. Happy Independence Day, everyone. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the Amanda Rollert Show, where we talk salt and we support abundant living today and every day. Have a great week, everybody. Join me next time where I'm going to bring the family in for another episode of the Amanda Rollert Show, Fam Bam style. So join me next week for a little bit of Fam Bam and a lot of nitwit trivia. Bye, everybody. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to the Amanda Rollert Show, a podcast to get your salt back. Share this episode with a friend and tag us on Instagram. See you next time.